Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom, every day. As always, we're trying to give you ideas and ways to add some STEM to your everyday classroom. That's science, technology, engineering, and math. Uh, Today with me, uh, we have a great guest. His name is Jeff Bush, and welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks, Chris. It's great to be here. And Jeff, you're a, you're a teacher, but I, I kind of hesitate to use the word teacher because you're really a lot more than that uh, at, at a school in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah, that's right. I am a facilitator at Kent Innovation High, which is a project-based learning school that's on the campus of Kent ISD, and we try to stay away from calling ourselves teachers. So that's that's definitely a good catch because uh, <laughs> the, the philosophy at Ken Innovation is that we're facilitators of learning, that it's not a one-way sage on the stage sort of a teacher approach to student learning. So that's, yeah, that's a great catch. So that's, a, that's probably a, a really interesting spot to start uh, for for all of our listeners that that as teachers, you know, we can we can easily just get into that habit, that routine, that rut of of standing up in front and feeling like we're just pouring out this information and hoping that you know throwing it against the wall and hoping some of it sticks. But um, but your school, Ken Innovation, uh, is is really based around uh, project based learning, um, team uh, working, and I was trying to think there was a third one, uh, integrated technology. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. So what we really try to do at every available option is for students to really guide the learning themselves. You know, if, if there's specific information that the students have to learn in order to kind of proceed forth with doing a project, even in that case, it's not, there's really not a lot of direct teaching involved. Like we might ask the students to do some research on their own and kind of have some discussions around that research. And we might facilitate conversations in students with small groups or large group conversations, um, you know, we might ask the students to kind of share out some of the knowledge that they've found and to really kind of have their learning to be centered around questions and inquiry. And so that's that's the approach we try to take. And uh, I think it's, it's great to see students when that light bulb goes off and to see the engagement increase. Yeah. And, and that little bit of taking ownership themselves, because you know, me as a as a as a regular school quote unquote teacher, you know, I I th- I think, oh, how could how could something like that work? I mean, it'd be free for all. The kids would just say, oh, I don't want to do anything and sit there and you know, but it's it's gotta be a lot about just kind of creating that atmosphere of of learning and wanting to learn. Yeah, for sure. And I think so to me there's kind of three main parts of project based learning. Um, you want the project to be relevant to the students. You want the project to have a real-world landing point. And then you want the students to um, you want the students to take ownership of that learning process as well. And, and really, if, if all three of those things are, are clicking, then you, you will have student engagement. But if, if you're missing one of those pieces, then probably the engagement is going to fall off. And, and so... Uh, the, the question is, when you design your projects, when you 
get student input on the projects and and where you're at. Uh, the, the question is, you know, are you hitting the mark in all three of those? And 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 if not, how do you improve it so that the process can move forward? And 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 Jeff, as you as you're talking about project-based learning, PBL is the is the acronym. I mean, you're 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 really a, a pretty good expert in that. Um, if if a if a teacher is is thinking about um, what is project-based learning or um, things like that, uh, the benefits of it. I mean, it's more than just just here's a project, kids do it, right? Yeah, it's definitely more than that because PBL, it's it's not just doing projects; it's really doing projects in a way that helps the students learn the essential essential information that they're supposed to learn. So PBL is really it's it's standards centered, really, because you're you're picking out what the power standards are and you're developing your project around those standards in a way that, again, have some real world application for the students so they can kind of see that these standards aren't just sort of out there on a Web page someplace that that they actually do apply to what really takes place in the world. And in, in, in Michigan, we have a we have a large technology conference called McCall and uh, and and Jeff was there and uh, I, I'm pretty sure one of the things that I, I heard mentioned a, a number of times there was that your project based learning, your projects shouldn't be just dessert projects. They shouldn't be after they should be the main course. They should be how you're how you're doing the learning. Yeah, absolutely. That They are definitely the main course. And I think that that approach. Uh, really, again, it gets student engagement, student ownership, and it has a real-world landing point when you're approaching learning in the classroom that way. Yeah. So, so very cool. Now, you so you do you do a lot of things like that. That's your that's your regular everyday job. But you're also uh, involved in you know a, a lot of things online. I mean, I I met you as as a presenter. You're uh, one of the keynote speakers at at Boeing Tech, which is a conference in Michigan in June and. Um, if, by the way, if you're looking for a, a great place to to take a a couple of day vacation and 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 say, oh, I'm going to be a, a teacher at a conference, uh, that's a that's a great conference to go to. Um, I second that. That's, they did a great <laughs> job. Yep. And uh, but but one of the things that, that you do a lot with is is you work with Twitter. Um, and in, and in Michigan, uh, one of the big hashtags is hashtag MichEd, uh, and you and and Ben Rhymes uh, started that. Why? Why Twitter? Why why is this the the great thing that teachers should be doing? I think you know. I, initially, I was drawn to Twitter because the, there were just such interesting conversations taking place on Twitter, and you know, I to be honest, for for a while, I I kind of tried to stay away because <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't think I didn't think there was a lot there. I thought, oh, it's just kind of like another Facebook, and you know, what? Why do I need another Facebook? And then I started kind of lurking and following some of the conversations on Twitter. And I realized that it's not at all like Facebook, that it's it's an entirely different medium with entirely different content. And you were you were lurking, but you weren't being creepy lurking. You were. Oh, uh, well, yeah, that, let's, <laughs> let's call it that. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was uh, not creepily lurking on Twitter. And, That's good. Uh, yes. And, you know, I was just really enjoying the conversations that were taking place. And the, the neat thing with Twitter is that someone kind of throws out an idea and then somebody else retweets it and somebody else retweets it. And so 
you kind of get a chance to magnify some of these new ideas and you get a chance to really kind of have that flow of ideas kind of it it kind of gets streamlined after a while you know and the people start to kind of bounce ideas off of the original ideas and and it just kind of builds on itself and i thought that there are some really cool things going on on Twitter and I was learning a ton every time I joined, you know, I was learning about new technology tools and I was learning about new ways for teaching in the classroom and different types of philosophies that people had as they approached student learning. And it, it was just this amazing little sphere that I kind of, you know, was involved with. And, and some of the, you know, some of the ed chats, they, there's some really cool things taking place in, in a lot of those chats taking place on Twitter. Um, for me though, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be though, because I didn't know any of the people I was talking with. And I, I guess I kind of thought like, what if, what if we had the chance to actually follow up Twitter conversations with real world conversations with people that we have a chance to actually meet in person. And then, so that's when, sort of this idea for Mished was was born because the nice thing with ha having conversations on Twitter with people in Michigan is that you can actually follow it up with real world conversations and actually get to know the people. And, you know, if I, if I talk to somebody in, in California, um, they have some great ideas and, and we both get something out of it and that's wonderful, but it's, it's probably unlikely that we're ever going to have a, chance to have like a real world conversation and have, you know, person to person, right. you know, relationship. And so, um, not to take anything away from connecting with someone in California, you know, that's great. Yeah. But I think that when you can follow up a Twitter conversation, a digital conversation with a real world relationship, that, that really kind of grounds everything and it, it, it puts the learning in perspective. So that's kind of where that whole thing came from. And, 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 you know, I've been able to meet some people, you know, you know, within my state of Michigan. And, and as you go to a conference, you know, you, you can probably find a few of these people. And, and, and then it becomes, like you said, honestly, it sounds a little bit like what you were talking about PBLs a few minutes ago, where, you know, in, in your classroom, your, your kids are throwing out different ideas and stuff. And, and that's a lot of what, what Twitter can be when, when used right, not just, you know, pictures of here's my dinner and here's... Uh, here's my cat, you know, <laughs> that's, that's a great connection too with PBL. I guess I never really thought of Twitter like a PBL for adults, but I guess yeah. that's kind of what it is. Okay. Yeah. Well, you can, you can have that idea. I, I you, cause it was your <laughs> idea actually. <laughs> so, so. If um, you're, yeah, I was going to, I was, I was going to say if, if, if you're a teacher out there listening and you haven't um, started a Twitter account, um, definitely start one. It's, it's real easy. Um, and you know, lurk non creepily for a little while just to kind of see what it's like, find a few people, you know, maybe that, you know, um, find some of the other teachers at your school and, and just start seeing and, um, follow what's called a hashtag and, and see what different people are, are posting some ideas and, and see if there's a, you know, in most States, there are things like Mished, you know, find one that more, more for your state and, and see if you can start to meet some people and have some of those conversations. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, just kind of to throw one other thing out there too, about, uh, Twitter and, um, uh, Mished, what to me, what makes Mished powerful, it's not just a hashtag. Um, 
there's there's kind of a distinction between mission the hashtag and mission the community mm-hmm. and um like anyone can post to the hashtag and the hashtag exists but then there's sort of this community of people that regularly meet you know on wednesday nights at eight o'clock and take place in the chat and then they connect throughout the week posting different things and then they connect at the education conferences and people that sort of regularly participate in that hashtag really kind of become connected with those people and they kind of join the community and it's you know it's just an informal community but it's definitely a community of people that know each other and the great thing is you know if if i have any questions on anything i don't need to be the expert you know i can mm-hmm. post it to that hashtag or i can post yeah. it to other hashtags for that matter and yeah. and people that know more about stuff than i do can respond and kind of help me go in the right direction and kind of find the answers that I'm looking for. So I, I think that community connection is, is really important. It's vital. And frankly, it's inspiring because there's people that are doing amazing things in the classroom and yeah. um, they, they really encourage me to step up my game too. Yeah. So it's, I mean, in, in some ways it, it's a lot like going to a, a, a great education conference and yet you don't have to, you know, set up lesson plans ahead of time for the substitute and you don't have to, you know, stay at a hotel and stuff. You can just get inspired and, and regular. I mean, we often go to those conferences and we get excited and, and then we come back and, it, you know, it wears off real quick. But um, being able yeah, to have that every day. It's it's really, it's, it's exciting to go to those conferences because you learn so much and you meet amazing people. And I, I like to describe those education conferences as like camp for adults, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, like you're when you're a kid and you went to camp and, you're all nervous on Monday and then by Friday, everybody's crying at the campfire because they're not going to see each other. (laughs) And I think in a way that's kind of like what those conferences are. But when you introduce Twitter into the mix and communities on Twitter, then it's, it's really the, the camp that never has to end because you can just keep the conversation going. Yeah. Yeah. Back when, you know, you and I went to camp, you know, if we were to, we would have to exchange somebody's address and, you know, get an envelope and a stamp. And, and, you know, by then, you know, we, we probably lost it all, you know, and not going to happen. This is so easy. And now I'm, now I'm thinking, as you just said that, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great at the, uh, the next conference we go to that there's a, you know, a fake campfire and, you know, marshmallows and sticks and stuff. Um, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> well, you were, you were talking earlier with me before the, before the show about, um, you guys set up a maker space um, at at the McCall conference, which again is a big technology conference in Michigan. And and just real briefly, you know, um, just just a neat idea and a way to to share with other other educators about what a, what a maker space can really be. Yeah, there was there was a group of us. Uh, it was myself and Mike Cackley and Kit Hard, who are also two other teachers in in the state of Michigan, and uh, we. Last summer, I had a conversation about really wanting to encourage spaces at McCall for teachers to connect and to share ideas and to form those relationships. And McCall is a fantastic conference. Um, the, the, the downside, if this is a downside, is that there's so much great information that your head just kind of gets overwhelmed. You know? drinking, drinking from the fire hose. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's I think it's it's really valuable to kind of step aside and have conversations to process everything you've heard and to, you know, have those moments where you can, you know, talk about, reflect on what you've heard 
and bounce it off of other people. And so the idea actually just began as a way to create a, a social space to do that. And so we thought that creating a maker space would be the best way to do that because it, not only is it a chance for people to communicate and connect, but it's also a chance for people to do stuff and to explore. And so, yeah, we brought in a bunch of makerspace type things. I, I want to say we had about 16 different activities for people to do, and it was traditional type maker stuff, which is, you know, like makey, makey, the thing that you can kind of plug in and make circuits out of bananas and pieces of paper with lead on it and things like that. And you can kind of um, use it as connectors and uh we had uh, like a 3D printer set up so people can learn how to do that. But then we had very analog type things like a button maker and we had scraps and junk that had been sort of tossed away that people could build models with and things like that. And, uh, you know, old recycled books that people can turn into blackout poetry and uh, make uh, 3D blackout poetry and things like that out of it. So it was it, it was a maker space in the broad sense of the term, not just very computer driven and technical driven, but sort of just this idea that you know we're part of being human is to make things. Yeah, and and to, and to talk and to to share those experiences with other people. And um, mm -hmm. well, Jeff, I I'd, I'd like to say thank you. I any 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 other last uh, thoughts or ideas you you want to share with with all those great teachers out there no um i i think it's it's been great to be on here it's been great to, to talk to you and share some of these ideas i know we didn't talk too much about stem but hopefully like <laughs> hopefully this kind of i guess this approach really is kind of the at the foundation of the stem approach right yeah yep. oh yeah you know it, it doesn't have to i mean we didn't talk about mathematical formulas and we didn't you know we didn't talk about the periodic table of the elements but um you know there's math and science technology engineering building making doing you know and it's behind everything that we do and um and just just talk with you a little bit jeff and hearing some of your ideas um getting some ideas maybe that that you can either add to your own classrooms or um, to help inspire you, you know, every every day during the school year when it, you know, when it gets to be, you know, the middle of the school year and these kids are driving me crazy and, and you know, all this paperwork at school and, and you know, hop on Twitter and, and find some find some people and um, continue some conversations from a conference. And, and, and again, that thank you to you, Jeff, for, you know, kind of reaching out to me after um, just briefly meeting me at at, uh, at the Boyne conference and um, just, just again, that's a cool way to just start, start meeting people and stuff. So. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. It's been, yeah. it's been a pleasure. Yeah. So uh, as always, thanks again. And uh, thanks for listening to the STEM everyday podcast. There are tons of great podcasts at remarkablechatter.com or you can go to iTunes and, and search for remarkable chatter and subscribe to that podcast. And um, until next time, have a great day. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com.